All right, everybody. Welcome to Crystal, Kyle, and Friends. I am joined by Crystal, and I am Kyle. That's why we call the show Crystal Kyle. And we have a friend joining us. Indeed, we do. Yeah. A new so, friend. Uh, yeah. So uh, his name is R.M. Brown. He has a hilarious YouTube channel that's both political commentary and comedy. I've been into it a lot lately, watching a lot of his stuff. I find him hilarious. I think you'll find him hilarious as well. So pretty excited to talk to him. Yeah, definitely. He's got great timing. Like, he strikes that balance of he's... He leans more on the comedy side. You know, like, I think, I feel like if you're going to actually be funny, you have to kind of, like, put the comedy first. I feel like he does that. I well. totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's some people, I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but there's some people who just their very being makes me smile and laugh. Mm. Like like Will Ferrell, for example. He's got that vibe. Yeah, where people yeah, just yeah. He could just be walking down the street and people are like, <laughs> this guy, you know? Yeah. Like he just gives people that reaction. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like RM falls in that category yeah, where he could just mean. be sitting there and I'm like... I love this guy. He's yeah. This fucking guy. He's great. Yeah. yeah. He hits you with things you don't necessarily expect to. No. So I enjoy no. him. So anyway, yeah. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. But before we do that, there's a, a wee bit of a viral video that great hit one. the Twitter world the other day mm -hmm. that uh, you showed me and could not stop laughing at. Indeed. So Vice News decided... Um, it's, I don't know if it's Vice or Vice News, doesn't really matter, same company anyway, so who cares, but I, I think it was Vice. But they spoke to, they tried to do like a humanizing, sympathetic segment about a sex offender. Um, Trying to get reintegrated into society, all this, yeah. live in the struggle. The whole deal, that. all that. And uh, at the end of the segment, they hit us with inadvertently one of the funniest lines of all time. Watch. Like, we all out here in this world and we all got to make it happen and ain't nothing stopping me. So like, I'm very hopeful and confident. After this interview, Ashif sent a picture of his penis to our producer. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do, don't do that, Ashif. Don't do that. <laughs> Bro, why? <laughs> Look, on the one hand together though? with the producer, come on. But look, I, okay, I'm going to say something controversial. Oh, boy. This is sort of what you get for trying to, like, O-dehumanize a sex offender. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be, like, I'm not saying you punish punish people too much or, you know, throw the book at them or, or ruin their lives. I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is sex crimes in particular yeah. are connected deeply to your being. Like, if you're somebody, like, pedophiles, we're, something's off in the brain. Like, they just, are, they don't want to be that. Right. But they are that. And so the idea of like, oh, we're going to reform them. That's like saying, can you reform a straight that's person away from being straight? No, you can't fucking do it. It's it's a rough one. I mean, if you're like, you know, like me, believe in criminal justice reform, like there are many more sympathetic populations <laughs> that you could tell do the story. And then obviously like that one line after a whole documentary, I mean, it just completely undermines the entire thing. That's what I'm saying. Now, I didn't watch there. the whole thing, so I don't know exactly yeah. the angle that they took. Where they, you know, I don't know if they were trying to say, like, the system's so tough and it crushed this person and now they can't get back on their feet. But then, yeah, you sort of undermine your now, whole shit. I want to give you a chief's defense. Okay, go ahead. Uh, apparently, his lawyer says that it was inadvertent. He didn't mean to. It was an accident. <laughs> I am not even close to buying that. I don't buy that for a fucking second, bro. Can you imagine if it... Whoops! Sent my dick! <laughs> it's not the way it works. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. I sent my dick and balls. What was I thinking? Oh, what's my who, mom going to say now? Who among us Did, oh. accidentally sent some sort of I've body accidentally sent to a stranger. text to the wrong people. I've done that. Yeah. But I've never accidentally sent a dick pic. 
<laughs> if you're sending a dick pic, you intended to send the dick pic. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're sending out dick pics so casually that you could have that kind of a slip up also, that's also not a great, not it rem- a great It reminds deal. me of Brett Favre. That was the original Brett Favre scandal. Right. So that I, he was honestly, sending unsolicited okay, dick pics. and I were trying to remember the specifics of this. And I really, what were the, did he admit to it? Were there multiple people? What do you remember? Uh, do you I don't remember the if there were multiple people, but I know he was caught red handed because somebody had the receipts mm. that he sent this unsolicited dick pic. Mm. And the woman was like, what the fuck? What are you doing? It's so weird to me. I just can't relate to. But that's my point is that there, for some guys, they think that's a thing. They think that like, if they send it to a woman, that a woman's going to be like, oh, do like, they? Oh, I, I mean, it, help myself. Like, I think for some guys, that's what it is. And I think for some guys, it's like a power. I'm not, I don't know what a sheaf steal is, but for some guys, it's like a power play. Like, I'm going to make you look at this. No, I would say for most, it's not that. I would say for most, it's a very naive view of sexuality. Because, like, it, in some ways, it does work the opposite way. Where, like, if a guy gets an unsolicited pick from a girl he's into, yeah, he's going to be like, oh, my God, yes. Right. But it, do- it doesn't work the other way. You can't send a fucking picture of a fleshy so meat sack like- and have them be like, <laughs> oh, that's not how it works. I mean, it's got to have the right context, obviously. Of course. It. It's, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. And it sounds like this was not the right context. <laughs> <laughs> it's not if you're in the right context. Doing like business emails, like, all right, so when's it going to be released? Oh, it'll be released on Tuesday. And then, yeah, and like, here's my dick. <laughs> so, okay, but now look. Here's, I do kind of want to see the whole text chain of like what leads up to that. Okay, but now here's a question. Do, so this happened to me one time where somebody sent me mm-hmm. something yeah. totally unsolicited. Definitely happened to me too. I never felt, I on the internet. never felt more violated in my entire life. So I forget which social media app it was sent on, but it was somebody who was like a listener to the show. Yeah. Um, this was early on in the show years. And they sent me a big ass picture of their dick and balls just chilling in my inbox. Yeah. And I'm, you guys know me. I'm like a free speech absolutist. Let people say whatever yeah. in the comments section, yeah. post whatever, don't yeah. care. I've never in my life blocked somebody faster and like totally excised in every way I possibly could them. I, may, I try to make it so they can't even fucking watch the YouTube channel. Do you think, because obviously I've had this happen to me as well, and I don't know that I had, like, I was not happy about it, but I don't know that I had as strong a reaction yeah, but, as you did. Do you think that's just, like, male, female? Well, I'm a guy and I'm not into guys. Right. So it felt particularly invasive. Because mm-hmm. everybody knows I'm not gay, too. So it's like, what do you even, what, do you like, what, are, what are you your highest you aspiration doing here? You can't even have a theory about this. Right working or something. I felt so fucking violated and then it got me thinking like what's the legal situation with some shit like that because you cannot if you walk up to somebody in a grocery store parking lot yeah and flash them they're gonna arrest your fucking ass they're gonna be like you can't just go around showing people your dick right um so I think this is what Sakura was saying I was just gonna check I think this happened in Chicago and I think they have a law in Chicago that basically says that it's illegal for the exactly what you're saying. It's like, this is like virtual... Um, flashing. Flashing. Right. It, I mean, it is. I don't know how you say it's a different thing. It is the same thing. But people have this weird thing, or at least it's how I interpret it. You can tell me if you agree, where people feel like if it's, if it's online, there's something less personal about it, so it's not as big of a deal or as bad of a thing. But I can tell you from being on the receiving end of that shit, 
No. It felt like it was just like in-person type shit. It was just, it was flat violation. I guess the argument, I, I don't agree with this argument, but I guess the argument you could make is if it's in person, there's almost like a, a sort of physical threat element to it. So I you would know? agree with that, but it was a thing. I remember when I was a kid, there was like a thing in the 90s where it would happen, I, w- I want to say often, but it would happen enough where it'd be like a dude in a trench coat, butt-ass naked, open the trench coat for like three seconds and then run away right. in a grocery store parking lot. Right. So everybody knew that that was the thing. So if it happened, in that instance, it almost undercuts the idea of, well, this is a physical threat. It's like, oh, it's just the trench coat asshole is going to show it and run away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then if that's the scenario, it's almost on par, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do think, I mean, intellectually, I do feel like it's on par. I think that I would be more impacted by someone doing it in person, though. And I can't quite put my finger on why. But I do feel like I would be more like, oh, my God, about it if it was in person. I'll give you maybe it's a little worse in person just because you're seeing it in person, right? But I'm not— 10% 10% worse, 20% worse, whatever it is. And it may be just because of, like, you know, I'm accustomed to seeing all kinds of fucked up shit on the internet. Like, I'm going to the grocery store with my kids or Nothing whatever. Nothing could have like, prepared me for what I fucking saw in my <laughs> inbox that. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I was f- fucking floored by it. But so, so should it be illegal? And so what should the punishment be? So here's the, um, Chicago does, I pulled up their m- municipal code, and they do have um, legislation against cyber stalking and cyber flashing. They say cyber flashing means to knowingly and without lawful justification send an intimate image to another person through the use of data dropping technology without the request or express consent of the person. I support that. I think that's that's reasonable. I mean, I don't think the punishment should be like, you know— the end of the world. But well, I was going to say, so what, sort of what should it be? Fine. You think fine or you think, what do you think? Yeah, I think a fine. Fine of how much? How much you charging for? No, thousand bucks. I'm just trying to, trying to, trying to create a perfect legal, legal system here. What you know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, I kind of agree. I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's fair. Like it's, it's I mean, significant. You're not going to just like laugh off a thousand dollar fine, but you're not like locking people up for sending but, unsolicited dick pics. But I'm also the sort of the stereotype of like the person, when the crime happens to you, all of a sudden you're like, you're like penalty. law and order, blue <laughs> lives matter. What are we talking? Get the fucking jail, bitch. Like, what are we talking about here? You can't just go around flashing me. What the fuck is wrong with you? But I've, hey, look, I, I am consistent though, because I've always maintained, always, that I'm tough on crimes for things I think should actually be crime. Yeah. So when it comes to rape, when it comes to robbery, when it comes to assault, when it comes to murder, yeah. I'm not like most other lefties. Well, like, what's rehabilitation first? I think, no, bitch, it depends on the case. I think if that, the person uh, is beyond rehabilitation, I'm not interested in fucking rehabilitation events. Mm-hmm. I think the other argument for why doing it in person might be worse is because if you do it by like virtually, then you can be pretty confident just that person is going to see it. Whereas if you're doing this in a public place, like you may intend for just one person to see it, but there could be a kid around, there could be a grandma, like you know, there's more risk of spillover effects as well. I'm just happy you agree that it's an imposition and that it shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Because I do think some people might say like, oh, victimless crime. Like, what's the harm? We should all be able to walk around naked anyway. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up. I, Don't I do tell feel me like, there's not but an I underlying... Feel like, yes, but I do feel like there are people who go too far in the other direction too of like, oh my God, like, oh, he asked me for nudes. I'm like... You know, actually, like, that's not cool. I'm sorry that happened to you, but it's also not, like, the crime of a century. Well, asking for nudes is a totally different thing. It's not nearly the same thing as this. To me, it's related. 
Or, I mean, I also feel like this again, it's like, it's bad and I don't want it to happen to me again, but it's also not the crime. That's why I feel like the $1,000 fine is like the right there's a There's a difference between like super socially awkward and interpersonally awkward and criminal. Yes. And I would argue somebody who relatively unprompted asks for nudes, that's still in the very socially awkward category, not mm. the criminal category. You feel but if like they send, if they randomly send the, their dick, then that is a crime. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, but I do feel I like... I think most people are reasonable enough not to be that socially awkward though, right? Oh, I think so. The majority of people know like there's <laughs> got to be some vibes before you can but I, go down I that do, path. Yeah, I, but I do also think that it's not just people who misunderstand that this is going to be like welcome. I do think there's also people who are basically like trolls who are doing it as like a power play. Like, I'm going to get under your skin. I'm going to make you look at this when yeah. you don't want to. Well, like, the second they cross uh, the me, line. that's definitely a, an element. The second they cross the line into criminal territory, throw the book at them. Throw the, and now, if they don't pay that $1,000 fine, am I okay with dude getting a day in jail? Shouldn't have showed random people your dick, bro, unprompted. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's your fault. You did it to yourself. Look in the fucking mirror. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, Indeed. anyway. Uh, Vice News, be smarter than you are. I don't know. Please. It was a great moment. I'm glad they well, did Oh, yeah. No, no, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. What did he expect? <laughs> did you really expect the woman to be like, oh, I don't know. would you like to meet up at a Motel 6 now? Like, Yeah. I don't know. And if he did it to know. her, he did it to... That's the other thing about these things. Oh, forget it. You do it to Every, that one person? Everybody in his contact list. That dude... I've seen that guy's dick. <laughs> who unprompted sent me their dick, sent it to had to be at least a dozen other creators. Had to be. Yeah. Had to be. It's like when we learned with Bill Cosby. Obviously, Bill, well, Bill Cosby did his way worse, but like, it was endless. Mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. He raped like half of Hollywood. Right. You know? Or like, I mean, another more analogous would be like Anthony Weiner. Oh, you know, just couldn't. You know, people stop. People tried stop. to defend him until that picture came out where he was trying to show his dick outline in his underwear with his fucking kid next to him in the picture. You degenerate son of a bitch! I what the fuck is I, wrong with you? I genuinely felt bad for Huma in that. Oh, are you absolutely? This you fucking cretin. Your kid and oh. You got the kid next to you in the bed, and you're trying to send a dick outline picture? Dog. If sex addiction is a thing, your ass got it. Like, it's real. Yeah. He's got it. You know? Or, the, actually, he never even had sex with him, right? Didn't, wasn't it all, like, sexting? Carlos Danger was his name? Yeah, online? most of it. Well, I think there was maybe some that, I don't remember the details. But, yeah, most of it was, like, just online, not in real life. That's even sadder, isn't it? Yeah. It is kind of sad. You didn't even get it. Yeah. It's a shame. All right. Well, anyway. there you go. I find that uh, <laughs> that story was funny. I get why the video went viral. Yes, indeed. All right. So now let's go ahead and talk to the very hilarious and intelligent and fun YouTuber who I certainly enjoy, RM Brown. All right. And we are joined by the great YouTuber, RM Brown. Thanks for joining us, dude. Hey, no, thank you, guys. I've been a fan for a long time. And uh, you know what? I mean, you guys have hosted Cornell West before, and I think I'm definitely, you know, <laughs> on that intellectual level, you know, a guy who plays 
uh, you know, uh, uh, doo doo noises on YouTube. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm up there. You know, listen, it's, there are many components of a healthy left ecosystem, so you play an important role. Yeah, I, in fact, I wanted to tell you. So I'm trying to remember when was the first time I stumbled across your content. It had to be, I want to say maybe two or three months ago, and I watched a video, and you made me laugh. But I wasn't, the algorithm doesn't treat you kindly because I wasn't like super served your content after I watched one video, you know, like then I feel like maybe a couple weeks later I stumbled across another and you made me laugh. And then eventually I was like, oh, I got to subscribe to this guy. And I'm a tough, I'm a tough sell on subscribing. I feel like I, I have like uh -huh. a curmudgeonly grandpa attitude of like, man, I don't like anything. <laughs> but then if you, if you get me like three times where I really like something, I'll be like, all right, let me, let me just subscribe. And then, yeah, I've kind of religiously watched your stuff since because you, I feel like you're the only person that uh, does what you do, which is like, how can I describe it? Just sort of like hilarious comedy from a, a, a left perspective. It's, but it doesn't come across as like preachy or, or screechy or it just comes across as like, Funny. funny. Like I just, I just <laughs> like it. And I show Crystal your videos all the time and not to, not to out you, Crystal. I think I like them more than you do because <laughs> it's my, it's my kind of comedy, right? But, I like them as well. Okay, so just so you know. <laughs> I, I, I see what we're doing here. This is an, I, I, Crystal, I apologize for him forcing uh, these horrible videos. On you. No, I, pre I, I appreciate that. that. That's so nice. Yeah. The algorithm's a weird thing because for a while I was really, you know, it, it took off and then it's impossible to figure out what what's what makes you in it, what makes you out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a harsh uh, it's a harsh thing to 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 try to deal with. Yeah. I'm sure you oh, deal. We see have dealt with it. It's on absolutely. We see the ups and downs like very clearly. You know, like we'll be at breaking points. We'll be growing like crazy, gaining subs like crazy, and then all of a sudden it's just like nope you're not going to for a month. We're just going to decide to put the brakes on. And then it, and then it'll like, it actually, I mean, not to get too conspir conspiratorial, but Sagar was complaining on our show about how all of a sudden we were gaining no subs. And then we started gaining subs again. And it was like, did okay, they pay attention? This, you know, like. I, I have I have zero sympathy for your situation because I think at this point, I think YouTube is actively fucking with me because yeah. I'm, I'm the dude who's like right at the fucking doorstep of a million subscribers. And they're just like, no. What if you gain zero subs now? Would yeah. you like that? What if you lost a thousand? Would you like that? Yeah. And every month doesn't matter how do much content I put like out. A thousand up, a thousand down. It like. doesn't. It doesn't matter how much content I put up. Doesn't matter. You know how in intellectual my arguments are. How funny they. None of it matters yeah. because I. <laughs> Yeah. I think I'm just going to start pandering and just doing very pro YouTube content. You know, like just everything is, oh my God, YouTube is so amazing. The Google company is you just really would, nailing it. I know? would legit like you to try that just to see if it works. You know, just as an experiment. I, I, if that's what we got to do, Google's probably listening. Man, Google is such a great company. I'm yeah, so, I'm so know, happy to be. I don't understand their decisions, but I know that they're great. I just inherently oh like God. trust that they're crushing it over there. So, um, you know, oh. if they don't want my channel to grow, there must be a good reason for that. So that's fine. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, to we total, total trust. <laughs> I covered the, uh, there was some event about a year or two ago that I covered because the video like blew up online where the CEO of YouTube, Susan, something or another basically said, um, well, because there's this whole problem of obviously fake news, QAnon stuff was spreading far and wide. And like they were getting a lot of pressure, even from like lawmakers, like, oh, you must do something about this. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, all right, well, what if we have like a an authoritative 
news categorization where like, you know, we're only going to really let the authoritative stuff spread far and wide. So if you're even tangentially in the news sector and you're, you know, and, and you're not gaining subs, it's probably because there's a very like hierarchical system in terms of what they push out. And I remember playing, playing a video on my show um, and where she said it in no uncertain terms, like, yeah, we're, we began prioritizing authoritative news content. And then I talked to somebody at YouTube and they say to me, yeah, we're, we're not doing that. And I was like, the CEO is literally she saying literally it on, it. I could play it for you. It's like <laughs> verbatim. And they're like, no, we're, we're, oh we're not God. doing that. And I was like, oh God, please, for the love of God, at least be honest with me. Like, tell me something I can do here. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's bizarre how kind of in the dark, again, YouTube and Google, very beautiful. We love it, you know, <laughs> but, it, but it is very weird how in the dark we are with a lot of this stuff. You know, it's just, you know, yeah, uh, uh, we, we just really don't know. Um, I actually had my channel actually like disappeared like a couple months, you know, months ago, my cha my channel and all my emails disappeared. And I was just what? like, whoa, really? Yeah. And in, in, and I had to go, basically I had a friend, uh, who's a bigger, um, a bigger YouTuber who helped me get my channel back. I still have no idea why, what I got, what I got banned for or whatever. Oh um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But you know like, what it probably was? It back, but. The COVID stuff that you cover and then make fun of. Because you'll cover like... I think so. That's got to really? be it. Yeah, absolutely. Was there something that you had done just before that that was like COVID related? I I think I might have covered a, you know, like some kind of, you know, you know some conspiracy theory stuff or something. Pr probably at some point. And I think they might have picked up on some wow. me making fun of that. It, it could have been. But again, it's all it's all a guess. Dude, I, I have no idea. That, wow. That's what happened with me when I it, the whole Alex Jones thing. Right. I Because Alex was going on all these shows saying, like, I never said that Sandy Hook was a hoax. I never said that. And he would say it all mm -hmm. confidently. But Media Matters had put together a long compilation, a long mashup of, like, 20 times where he was like, it's a total hoax. It's crisis actors. It's everything, right? And so I remember I covered... Alex saying that to show like, no, you're lying and you said it and YouTube pulled the whole video. It, this isn't even a situation of like, oh, the algorithm buried it. They literally pulled the video because I remember going back to to find that same clip because mm. again, it was floating around where he's like, he was in court saying like, I never said that and I wanted to find the clip. I couldn't find it. Credit to Twitter. They still kept it up where you could find the, the yeah. clip, specific clip on Twitter, but my commentary on it and my yeah. clip couldn't find it. They just pulled it. Well, Aram, tell people who aren't familiar with your content, tell them a little bit about your channel, when it started, like what your sort of philosophy or approach is, what you're up to over there. Yeah, so I started the channel in 2020. Um, it really got picked up in the algorithm in like early 2021, uh, late 2020. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've been paying attention to you guys forever. Um, I think you guys are are great. So it's kind of you know, we share a lot of uh, our view of the world is probably very similar, but mine is more goofy. My channel is more goofy and silly. Um, I have had some pretty, you know, uh, well-known people on for interviews. Richard Wolf was on. Uh, that's the more serious stuff. But most of it is just really goofy, kind of silly stuff where I cover a lot of like wacky conservative content, stuff like that, making fun of it. It's really... You know, it, it, it's a lot of people have told me it's it's, you know, kind of uh, short attention, uh, short attention span content because it's edited really uh, wacky and 
and stuff like that. But but that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. And I upload a video um, three times a week publicly. And then, you know, if you want more Patreon stuff, yeah. Patreon. Everybody yeah. go sub yeah. RM Brown on YouTube. Definitely yeah. <laughs> go sub. I love it. I'm addicted to it. I watch every video. I laugh my fucking ass off. It's hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> well, go ahead. And I don't think you're giving um, yourself enough credit because it's not just like goofy and silly. You also make some really salient points. You just do it through more of a comedic lens versus the sort of straightforward approach that someone like Kyle and I do. Um, you're saying I'm not funny? How dare you? <laughs> you have the, the flavor of that. But I make organic fart noises, RM. I'm the original. Yeah, you're old school. That, that's the real. You actually put the real, the real effort into it. You're that's not just right. hitting a button on a that's soundboard. Right. That's, that's, exactly. that's right. Real that's right. That's the cheers way out, RM. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, what I noticed your content is that you do spend a lot of time in that sort of like right wing media ecosystem with the Ben Shapiro's and the Charlie Kirks and the Jordan Petersons and of the, the world. Pools, which I think it's yeah. really yeah, which I think is actually very interesting to have that view because I honestly don't I, I'm not a like native YouTuber I think partly because I'm like super old but also it's just you know it, I came up in the mainstream media space I was an MSNBC host like that was my sort of political introduction and then I only got into the YouTube space relatively recently um, so I don't watch that content that much but I was watching your video that you did on like the traditional family and how this is this sort of like theme that's always running through these uh, right-wing conservative commentators on YouTube um, um, I just love for you to sort of elaborate on that and other themes that you see in their content and because it, it feels to me like all of a sudden something will bubble up out of nowhere and just like take over the conservative media space. So what have you seen with that regards to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it is like with the traditional family thing, it feels like stuff that we've seen before. I mm -hmm. mean, the traditional family stuff has got you probably you guys probably know better than I do is some is something that they've been talking about probably since what the 60s you know that uh you know the success sequence stuff the the problem the problem in society all stems from people not getting married it's not that you know economic pressure delays marriage and all that stuff no it's this weird reversal of if you almost like magic it's almost like if you get married magically you'll become wealthy or something like that and it's never really explained why that is and it's never really looked into um why marriage rates are falling you know all that is sort of left out and you know to your question i think like a lot of the online conservative stuff is stuff that we've seen over and over again before with with conservatives going back decades um but i think it's interesting because you know um YouTube is very different than I think like maybe traditional media because people will actually search for those influencers like, you know, whoever, whoever the like Jordan Peterson or whoever the conservative inf influencers are that they want to see made fun of instead of mm. topics like the, the family value stuff and all that. They're not really looking for that. They're like looking for someone to talk about the influencer. So it's almost like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's almost like working backwards or something like that. Yeah, to, to your point on that, the, the whole like family values stuff, what they do is they try to make issues that the left views and I think most reasonable people would view as systemic. They try to individualize the issue and you see they do that with poverty yeah. too, 
where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're not, you know, doing well economically. Well, that must be a moral failing on your part or like a willpower failing on your part. But then, I mean, almost, almost everybody has, knows of somebody who has busted their ass their entire life and still makes like, you know, a poverty wage. I mean, I always say the hardest working guy I ever saw was my friend Kevin in high school where he worked like three jobs and lived in like a shitty apartment. And it's just almost like a light bulb moment Ugh. of like, oh, geez, like how hard you work, that doesn't, you know, equal how far you go. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's no connection whatsoever. If anything, we live in closer to an anti-meritocracy than a meritocracy. When you look at somebody like Donald Trump, who was born into hundreds of millions of dollars and Paris Hilton, who was, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. I do. Well, the other thing that I was thinking about though, with your video is like, you know, it seems like after Obergefell and gay marriage is taken off the table and, you know, society really moves on the issue of gay marriage and it becomes very popular. So now you have a majority of Republicans, even if you poll them, say we're in support of gay marriage. It felt like some of those issues, the interpretation at the time was like, well, they've just given up on those and they've like moved on to other things. But now you're playing some of those videos of Jordan Peterson, who's like, well, it's not just the family. It's the traditional family. That's the ideal. Including a mom and a dad. He said the ideal. Yes. And so it's like, now they feel like they got this little opening with Mm. some culture war stuff on trans issues. And they're like, yeah, maybe we can get back around to that bashing gay people again and trying to go after gay marriage again. It really feels like playing the hits with a lot of this stuff, right? Like, I I know, I know like, you know, Kyle, I've been following you for a long time and I know you were around during uh, George W. Bush. A lot of this stuff feels like Bush era stuff, you know, like, yeah, we're going back to the gay marriage stuff. Like, oh, my God, like you guys got to come up with some new some new material. You know, a lot of it just does feel you know, uh, kind of like we're doing that over again. It's it it is pretty weird. I thought we were pr- pretty much past the gay marriage stuff, but I, I guess we're we're doing it again. So, uh, you know, yeah. Right. So I feel like so I feel like the messaging has gotten more sophisticated until you start asking them direct questions and then the mask gets ripped right off. Mm-hmm, like the way Jordan mm-hmm. approaches it, I feel like is more sophisticated than Bush. who was like, let's have a constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage. Yeah. And well, you were like, say that, you but could say that at that time. At the and time the you could say that, like, but now, yeah, let's do that. But now you have Jordan Peterson talking to Dave Rubin and Dave Rubin's like, you know, oh yeah, we need to strive to the ideal. Like the ideal is one man, one woman. And, and Jordan's like, yeah, that's the ideal. But you know, maybe gay marriage is okay if they realize that it's sort of subordinate to, to, you know, heterosexual sexual marriage, but um, it, it's when you ask them the direct question that the mask slips, because that's what I did with Jordan. When right. I talk, I was like, okay, I'm not talking about kids. Let's talk about adults for a second. Why is Ellen Page being on the cover of a magazine a bad thing? She's an adult. He's an adult. Uh, if he wants to be trans, he can be trans, right? Right. Uh, what's his name? Elliot Page now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was like, do you think it should be banned for adults to transition for adults? And he was like, I don't know. Which to me is, uh, that's pause. a telling answer. Yeah. yeah. Big pause, Long I don't pause know. That, that, I don't know. Man, that, that interview is one of the great, like, relics. <laughs> like, that, that that's online. Because it's, when you ask him that question, I was like, how did you not think of this before? Like, of course he's going to ask you this. And it was just like, he was like, oh, interesting. Long pause. Let me think about this most obvious question that he's going to ask me, like, doesn't this adult have the right to do whatever they want? He, mm, 
I never never thought of that one. They they're not used to direct questions though. That's one of the reasons why I I like talking. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to him and I want to interview people like that is because nobody ever just strips the layers of bullshit and just presents it to them. Like another question, I don't know if this had happened at the time, but there were 157 Republicans who just voted against gay marriage in the House. Like that just happened. So, you know, if you ask one of these right-wing commentators directly, like, do you agree with voting down gay marriage? It'd be interesting to get a direct answer because then they're put on the spot and they basically have to say, yeah, I'm for that, which puts them at odds with 70% of the population. How has, uh, how has Ruben navigated this issue? <laughs> I remember you covered, there was like, when he announced he and his husband were adopting baby, there was like a backlash from his own audience. How has he sort of squared the circle? Oh boy, I have not been paying as much attention to Dave Rubin just because like his content is just so uh, uninteresting, yeah. I guess. So, like, you, you know, like Ben Shapiro and some of these guys are kind of interesting in their own way. They have sort of a weird style. Mm-hmm. Like I like I kind of almost enjoy watching Charlie Kirk videos just because he's he's such an odd character. And, you know, Jordan Peterson is almost like some weird version of a rock star, I think, because, you know, like, I I don't know, there's a little theory I'm working on that, like, you know, rock stars have been sort of the public, you know, they they basically have public meltdowns all the time. You know, they're being a rock star is one big, you know, public meltdown. And Jordan Peterson is kind of he's kind of doing that. But Dave, Dave Rubin is just. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know how anybody watches that. I don't know how you could sit through a Dave Rubin video, you know, like maybe, I don't know. I, I always want, wonder this about Joe Rogan. Like, do people actually like sit down to watch a Joe Rogan? It, it's probably like in the background, right? Like even Dave Rubin is kind of hard to listen to in, in the background, but I have seen videos of him dealing with this issue and it's not good, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's rough. It's, it's rough. So <laughs> it, I can, it's, it's a hard I, I can answer that one because I, I have been following it. Okay. So the first so, yeah, he released him and his husband are having like two kids mm. and they're doing it in some way that the far right is objecting to, you know, having a surrogate or something surrogate. like that. Yeah. yeah. And so they were against that and they were very high profile conservatives like that guy, Mark Dice, for example. He said some like vicious stuff <laughs> to, to Dave and a bunch of people did. And but Dave went on Glenn Beck show and tried to like calm the waters or whatever. And then he, he didn't skip a beat and he went right back to chastising the left because the left was criticizing <laughs> the people who were criticizing him. Wow. They were like, why, you know, like, why is the left being so mean spirited about this? It's like, you're get they're saying you shouldn't <laughs> even have the right to have kids. Like, you fucking psychopath. Wow. Yeah. And then, so he also, like I said, he sat with uh, Jordan Peterson in an interview and basically he made the argument of like, um, well, one man, one woman is ideal. And so I'm in favor of gay marriage, but I'm in favor of it while acknowledging we're trying to strive to be that ideal and reach like a a different version of the nuclear family. Like he was making some weird roundabout argument like that. Mm. But this shit like, it's not going to fucking work with your audience. You're all, they're never going to accept you. You're just the token right. voice that's going to be like, I hate gay people too. And they're like, hooray, so do we. Well, there does seem to be this thing that's happening right now. And I don't know, maybe you can speak to this RM. I don't know if you've seen this as well, but it's like, they want to make this argument that, like, oh, we're totally cool with gay rights as long as you try to conform to the, like, bourgeois norms that make us comfortable. Then we're good with it. But, like, you step outside of that and, like, want to live your life in a different way? No, no, no. That's that's terrible. That's destroying the country. That's ruining our kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
I think that's it. And I, I also believe that's a very robust uh, vision of freedom. You know, right. these are mm-hmm. the, the freedom. These are the freedom people. And it's sort of like, yeah, you can be you as long as it's as minimized and watered down and conforms to a very strict boxed in version of what we want you to be. And that's to me, that's true freedom. That's what we're all shooting for. Uh, That's a free society. Just, you know, keep it, keep it as, as far down as possible. So I'm, I, I fully support Fully support that idea. So they can't be as vocally anti-gay as they used to be. They have to get like more sophisticated with it. But they've just graduated to trans issues now where a lot of the exact same arguments that were being made in like the 60s, 70s, 80s about uh, gay people. They're now making those arguments about trans people where, you know, just the. If you even acknowledge the fact that transgenderism is a thing they view that as like you're forcing it on our kids transgender ideology yeah and that yeah. DeSantis bill you talked about you were the first one who actually caught on to this you you realized something about it before I, I did which is um like it's overreaching on purpose where like if you have a gay teacher who has a picture on on his or her desk with them and their spouse they're like take that fucking picture down potentially I mean yeah. that's the the thing that was really nefarious about it is it was written in this very vague way so that it could be interpreted exactly as you're saying of like, you know, even just having picture of same-sex spouse or acknowledging to your classroom that you're in a same-sex relationship, like talking about your marriage the way that a teacher would normally talk about their home and family life with their um, students, like in a very normal way that that could be um, in breach of this law. And basically you leave it up to whatever psycho parent happens to be in your classroom because they're given the power to then sue you if they feel you've said something that overstepped whatever lines they created in their head. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually remember, you know, when when that law was first uh, passed, I remember reading it and it does seem intentionally left very vague and open. I mean, it's, you know, it's a small bit of text, but toward the end, I remember it's, you know, it's it's intentionally left vague for that very reason, which is which is pretty scary. Yeah, I, I think they genuinely believe, they've been brainwashed into believing that like teachers in general are grooming kids to be LGBTQ, which is just, it's such a weird thought to think that these teachers who, you know, they have a difficult, they have a difficult enough job as it is. Imagine trying to teach a classroom full of whatever, second graders, third graders. That's not easy to do. <laughs> And it's like, they're going to also have some nefarious plot where they're trying to change the sexuality of the kids. Right. It's just, it's so absurd, but it's what a lot of these people sincerely believe. Yeah. They really believe that. have a nefarious plot to like, have enough money to fund the basic supplies in their classroom. <laughs> yeah, they can't even do that shit. <laughs> yeah. school teachers, I know. Yeah, my mom is actually, who was a lifelong teacher and educator, was has actually been really offended by this insinuation that there's some, like, you know, widespread nefarious plot against our children by the Teachers of America, which is just, you know, insane. Yeah, it's, pro- it's probably a Trojan well, horse, too. You- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Arne. Yeah, I... No, no, no. Do you guys think, I mean, you probably have talked about this. I think I've heard you guys talk about this, but is this just a a way to kind of play on the fears of parents to try to undermine the very idea of public school in the first place? Is that, is that what yeah, you guys think Yeah, I think is going that's part here? of it. Yeah, yeah, and to attack the teachers' unions, right? If you, if you portray them as like they're all grooming kids to be trans or something and they have radically different values from the parents, then it's easy to like launch attacks on the teachers' unions and undermine them, pay them less, yeah. do, do charter schools, you know, things like that. Exactly. There is a long time like 
libertarian right-wing project to basically undermine the public school system because sort of inherent in the whole idea of public education is some sort of socialisty values. And so, you know, there, there's been an, a long-time well-funded effort to kind of defund schools and, yeah, create these charter school networks to basically blow up the public schools. So it's part that. It's part, you know, Praying on the fears of parents is a great way to start your culture war conversation. They feel like that's the strongest place to start to erode some of these things that were starting to be very popular. I mean, not just gay rights, but also just the idea that like trans people should be treated equally as well was had become a fairly mainstream and popular position too. And they're like, well, this is a sort of entree to start to undermine that as well and raise all these questions. And then, yeah, I think the third, um, the third leg of this stool is uh, teacher union bashing, which is their always their entree to just union bashing in general. Because I think, um, you know, Trump obviously was not like a working class, pro-working class president, but they had a bunch of language, you know, they talked about the working class, they even talked about unions and union supporters backing Trump and sort of like pretended like, well, oh, maybe we're a little bit pro-union now, maybe we're changing my, our minds about this. And so now they've got to find a way to walk back from that. Now that it was all fine and good when you didn't have a significant union movement and significant like grassroots labor mobilization, but now that you're starting to have that, they got to figure some way back into their previous <laughs> position of just union busting all the time. And this seems like a good entree, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the weirder things with the school thing too is the, and, and watching all this right-wing content, I'm shocked how much of this there is, is that uh, the, the school libraries are filled with porn. <laughs> they're, they're just like every book in a school library is just a, you know, it's like a, Basically, a school library is Times Square in the 1970s. Yeah, um, it's just all That's my experience. It's, it's all, it's all porno. <laughs> but um, but it's weird. I was I I heard a, an interview with I think it was um, uh, Rick Perlstein who wrote those like Nixon Land and Reagan Land and all those books, and mm -hmm. he was talking about an incident in the mid 70s. I think it was like 1974, where a bunch of parents like burnt down. A, a a school library or something like that because they hmm. were convinced there was like you know x-rated material so it, it's it's like amazing how much of this history is repeating itself but uh yeah i i, I think you're right on the on the underlying cause there the, yeah the book banning thing i mean that like yeah that feels even older than you were saying some of it feels like a flashback to the george w bush era like initially yeah. it was like the book banning thing. It feels like a flashback to the, you know, the um, free counts in the early nineties about like a rap music. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, like two live crew. Of... It, 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 I think two live crew is going to come back. Like it's going to be parents <laughs> who are upset about like booty bass and all that stuff. That's gonna so be to, to your point, the, I covered this story the other day, the, the state that has banned the most books in schools yeah. is Texas. And it's 801 of them they banned, and almost all of them have to do with uh, gay rights themes, trans rights themes. Um, one of them that they banned was even a story about an interracial couple that fell in love. Wow. So, I mean, like, and it's funny, too, right? Because they, they flip that narrative and try to argue that, you know, oh, the, the left is so anti-free speech, and they're, you know, right. they're going to ban books, and, oh, this is crazy. They're, they're against freedom. And then, literally, number one is Texas that bans books. Number two right behind them is Florida, and it's all because of one particular county that's conservative that's going nuts banning books. Hmm. 
Interesting. And nobody talks about this. Nobody nobody says this. Nobody knows this except us three. Yeah. And whoever's listening to it. Nobody knows that. Nobody <laughs> talks about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know that, you know, from personal experience, when I was a kid, you know, I just spent so much time in the school library. That's like if I had a question <laughs> about my own identity, I would rush to the school library. You know? <laughs> it, it, and, and, and that's especially powerful now with like internet access and all this stuff. I mean, it's like uh, I think they're really fighting a very important fight when you can literally just in a few clicks and like literally all of their kids who are really worked up about this stuff have looked up, you know, way, way worse stuff that you could possibly have in a school library. That was so, actually... I don't know. If it, that was actually it feels a little other, manufactured. That was the other point my mom actually made, who's like, how old is my mom? I don't know. She's in her late 70s. And she was like, these people know that their kids have the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, she was with it. She's even, like, they're looking up way more than you think they are, too. Yeah, even if there was <laughs> porn in the school libraries, which there, there's not, but even if there was, like, nobody would even go use it because it's two clicks away on your fucking phone. <laughs> You know, and nobody, yeah. nobody's for it. Well, actually, I don't want to speak too soon. Eventually, maybe the right will come out in favor of banning that. But I, you know, I'm not. I don't want to give them any ideas. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you didn't, uh, Shapiro and Candace Owens weren't they just hosting a conversation? Oh, that's right. About I, yeah, porn, and I covered porn that. Is destroying the yeah, they, por- yeah, they were going. No pun intended. They were going hard too. Like they were really <laughs> trying to make the argument like effectively. Hey, this should kind of Without be banned. Outright saying Without it saying it, they argue yeah, everything right that, that goes right up to that line, and then they don't say it because if they say it, literally ninety-seven percent of their audiences, you know, they're all they all beat off within the last two days. The people who watch Ben Shapiro, are you kidding me? I don't want to look at one of their fucking search histories. Could you imagine the depravity what one of those people would have? Listen. Oh my country. God! I don't know. I don't. I don't even want to know. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know about it. But but yeah, ab- absolutely. I don't know. Do you guys think there's anything? I mean, I'm sure that there's some, you know, effect. Maybe some psychological effect to like, I don't know, porn addiction or something like that. But in general, like I've tried to look into this a little bit because I was gonna do a video on it, but I I have not been able to find any really convincing evidence that like there's some really negative effect to to uh, online porn or whatever. I don't know. Do you guys think yeah, well, that, look, there's, that my, there's some big deal about it or anything? My thing on that is even if there is, I don't care. Like there are horrendous, <laughs> I'm serious, there are horrendous societal effects to alcohol and nobody in their right mind anymore oh, yeah. says, oh, we maybe should ban this because look at, you could, we could talk for three hours going through all the negative consequences of alcohol mm-hmm. and it's fucking real. Right. Like my, my, you know, my sister and my mom would say my dad was an alcoholic and no, maybe he was, I was a little too young to really know, but like it's affected everybody. Cirrhosis of the liver. There are angry drunks out there that just totally flip a switch and become, but nobody in their right mind would say, yeah, Craig, who has no problem and can drink two glasses of wine and go to sleep. Like he's got to be punished because this asshole can't control himself. And it's the same thing with porn. It's the exact same thing with porn. So even if it is, which I'm agnostic on that question, I'll just say that I don't know how like maybe there's some truth in the argument that because of the rise of internet porn, it might make it less likely that, you know, uh, somebody tries to go find a mate. You, can, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that might like, be true. Formation of healthy relationships or whatever. That all might awesome. be true. I don't care. I don't care. What do you think? I agree. I mean, I don't think you can be in favor of drug legalization as I am and then be like, but porn, that's where we should draw the line. I mean, <laughs> right. it's just, it's yeah. not an, it's right. not a sensical position. Yeah. 
I like the uh, what Kyle was saying about the the two glasses of wine. I would like to see what's the two glasses of wine version of like pornography viewing. Is it? Is it like oh, just 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 two clips? You know, like something yeah. like that. I, I don't know. We, we need that graph. Yeah, you it's, know? it's a minute. We, it's a minute Craig, and thirty seconds Craig long. There. It's a minute and thirty seconds long, <laughs> and it's a married couple doing missionary. That's that's the equivalent. That's the porn equivalent of two glasses I think of wine. That's one glass of wine. That's it, yeah, that, two that's glasses. True. You're <laughs> starting to get a little crazier. Throw some doggy in there, and then you're good. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what. There it you is. go. That's what, that's it, what is. it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, it's a nice, classy. You know. There we go. I like that. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna change the subject now. Um, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> um, give us your sense of like how Brandon's doing and how you feel like this administration is versus your expectations. Um, you know, I, I you know, I'm like, I think uh, a lot of us, I was a Bernie supporter. I went and knocked doors for Bernie and all that would have been nice to see old Bernard in there. I mean, obviously, but uh, you know, there's good things that Brandon has done, you know, um, we, it could be a lot worse, um, but I think we can kind of agree. It seems like times are really like we need we we need some really we need help. You know, I think I think just as a as a society, it it just be great to see us like working on some collective project of like you know fixing housing. I think housing is a disaster. I mean, education obviously with uh, debt and all that stuff. I mean, there's there's just so many big institutions that seem to need serious help that I think this kind of back to generally back to normal thing. I mean, the student debt uh, cancellation thing is really good, but I don't know, like, don't you guys kind of feel like right now there, it calls for some kind of real serious um, collective project or, or, or something like that on some of these bigger issues. I mean, that's, that's my feeling. I mean, absolutely. You know, I, and I actually think it's a little bit of a wake-up call. Some of the overseas elections, like what just happened in Italy, where you see oh, this, boy. you know, rise of real like right fake populism, right wing populism. She's a fascist. She can we can say it. She fucking said uh, she praised Mussolini, and then her party is directly direct lineage to Mussolini, and, like you know, fascist. Yes, it's not surprising when you consider like okay, you had the COVID pandemic, and you had all the economic turmoil over that, and then you had. Um, you know, now you have energy prices and inflation and the world in general, I think, is at a real pivot point. Like neoliberalism is sort of failed and dying and all of its problems and flaws exposed. And so, yeah, if there isn't a real like serious transformative left project that people can sink their teeth into that makes sense to them, that, you know, meets their needs in their day to day life. Of course, that's what's going to ultimately fill the gap. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about, you know, I I feel pretty hopeful with Zoomers, too. They they seem to have like a political consciousness and like, you know, the Starbucks and Amazon uh, labor stuff is really um, heartwarming. You know, I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think about the younger generations? So on the labor stuff? Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right on that. That is the thing that probably gives Crystal and myself the most hope. But there is one downside. And I think Ryan Grimm wrote a great article on this not too long ago, that one of the downsides of the younger generation is that when they do tend to get involved in organizations and they do t tend to get active 
politically. Usually it's on issues where all of us would agree, but oftentimes they literally eat each other alive from within where they end up infighting <laughs> over the pettiest, tiniest shit. And, you know, I mean, we've witnessed that in the YouTube space as well. That's sort of the well, left sort of consumed itself after Bernie left. And, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, Ken, Ken Klippenstein actually, uh, I think he was the one. No, no, it was uh, Eric Blanc from Jacobin. Who, um, who we had on Crystal Kyle and Friends, who's a great education writer, great thinker, like socialist thinker in general. And um, we were talking about some of these young workers who are organizing and particularly sparked by uh, the guy who, uh, Vince, who's the lead worker organizer for Home Depot outside of Philly. It's be a huge deal. And he's a big um, Kyle Kalinske watcher and also a big Breaking Points fan. And literally, like, you know, this is according to him, and he gets all the credit. We didn't do anything, but he's sort of got the idea because of watching interviews with Chris Smalls on Breaking Points and other places and thinking, like, oh, this is, like, if he could do this at this warehouse with thousands of people, why can't I do this at my Lowe's with, like, 200 or 300 people? So Home what, Depot or Lowe's? Uh, Home Depot, sorry. Um, so what we were talking about is I think there's a distinction between the people who are like the super activists, which have more, suffer from more of the, the issues that Kyle is referencing here, the like, you know, eating each other alive and tearing organizations apart and not being able to get anything done. And then just like ordinary working class or post-college Zoomers who were probably sort of politically activated by Bernie, but aren't these you know, really hardcore ideological activists. And they're the ones who are really taking the lead in the labor movement, which is why I think it is so hopeful because the the qualities there of solidarity are the direct antithesis of that, like, eat each other alive, uh, purity test, endless purity test mentality that's ripping so much of the left. So I think if, if those are the people who really start to take the lead and make the greatest gains here at the grassroots level, I mean, that's that is an incredibly hopeful thing. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because, you know, real life is so much different than online. And I think like that, you know, getting everything perfect, um, you know, uh, ideologically is a lot different than like, hey, you need to convince somebody who maybe doesn't read as much or is online as much as you to to get involved is like a, a totally different thing. Yeah, definitely. And, and you need to convince people who, you know, might have voted for Trump. It may have different ideas from you on other political issues. And do you think Chris Smalls cared whether, you know, how somebody voted in the past election or exactly what they where they are in every single issue? No. And you can't if you're going to actually organize. But once you are organized and you are in solidarity in that way, then there is room for conversations. You can have a, you know, come from a place of trust and then maybe you build a more, you know, cohesive progressive vision. But yeah, it's it's absolutely critical. I think for for labor union organizing in particular, you just don't ask. You don't ask anybody what their opinions are really on anything outside of, hey, do you think we should have higher wages? Think like, we do you think we should have health care? Do you think we should get like paid time off? And then everybody's going to say yes to that. And then it's like, all right, well, let's stand in solidarity on those specific things. And that's how you do it. You don't go fishing around. No, of course you know, not. Asking people shit that's not relevant, you know? It's, it's like dealing with your conservative parents almost. Like, oh, okay. You know, you kind of avoid some sense. Like, hey, what can we, uh, what can we kind of agree on to not have a you know, a Thanksgiving meltdown. <laughs> I, I avoid I avoid everything with the conservative family members. RM. <laughs> oh, I, try. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like people just assume because oh. of what I do. Like, oh, he uh, he wants to talk politics. Is your family conservative? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a mix, but it's like I think it's just it's Fox News 
is very like it's like catnip for older uh, people, and it's <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of I don't know for 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 older people, it's just like Fox News is just in the background always, you know. So they're kind of like that. That stuff kind of just gets in. Um, so I think that's a lot. A lot of their view of the world is is sort of like uh, influenced by that. But in general, like like I think they do understand some, you know, how, what's going on in the world and that there's problems with capitalism and stuff like that. But it's, you know, Fox News gets in and Fox News kind of stays yeah. in the background. It makes things messy, to, confusing. Yeah. To yeah, uh, exactly to, to your point, RM, um, and we've talked about this before. Uh, my dad would have been, he passed away in 2011 from lung cancer. But if he was around for the Trump years, he would have been probably the most contradictory person on planet earth. Cause, and here's why, cause I, I was obviously, I st- started taking off during like the Bernie years mm. where my channel got really popular and I, you know, I was getting crazy amount of views and all this stuff. And he would have been super duper proud of me. But I also happen to know that he, before Trump was even political, he was a big Trump fan and Trump supporter because when my mom and dad <laughs> split up when I was probably like, I don't know, like 12 years old or something, my dad's girlfriend was a person who worked in the pro shop at one of Trump's golf courses. And they, they dated for a long time. And so my dad had met Trump before. And my dad like loved Trump. And like, he'd talk to me about Trump. This was all before Trump was political. Yeah. And so, I, but I, you know, my innate sense on the guy being not 12 IQ was like, this guy seems like he's full of shit. You know, and then of course you get all the stories <laughs> about like, he bankrupted every business he ever owned and he was, you know, born into... million, whatever the fuck he got from his parents. And so my dad would have had to walk that line mentally of like, I love my son. He's doing really great. I'm so proud of him. But also I kind of love Donald Trump. I want Donald Trump to be president. And my son is shitting on Donald Trump like every (laughs) single day. Polar opposite of that. Yeah. And he, but he would, I guarantee you, he's not a man for logical consistency. He would have easily walked that line. (laughs) He would have been like, I love this and I love him. (laughs) Yeah. So. Hey, you got you got to be proud of your son. My my son is out there, you know, uh, pushing the exact everything I hate. But so proud of <laughs> so him. So proud of him, absolutely. Um, what's sort of your process, RM? How do you come up with the the stories you're interested in, the way you want to put things together? Um, you know, it's it's a mix. Uh, a lot of the time, people send me funny videos. Um, you know. Just weird stuff that's out there. A lot of a lot of the time, it's sent from people, but uh, a lot of the time, I just check in with you know what's what's uh, you know what's this guy up to, what's that guy up to, or what's you know just what's in the news, what's like the big story. Like I had to talk about the um, the the what's going on in Italy, you know. So a lot of the time, it's just it's just you know what's what's going on, what's the most uh, what's the biggest story, stuff like that. No, nothing to. Nothing too exciting. Nothing too uh, wild. Who's your favorite to beat up on? Is it Tucker? Mm. Is it Shapiro? <laughs> is it Tim Pool? We have the most. Yeah. Who's life. your Who's Who's your favorite to to mess with? You know, Tucker is really a fu- a lot of these guys are just like they're kind of their mannerisms and stuff are really funny. Like Tucker, like says weird stuff all the time. Um, his His mannerisms are are super odd. You know, he's known for that kind of the blank. like when someone else is talking his brain seems to just go off and he'll just kind of stare um yeah maybe tucker tucker's just like if 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 it if what he was saying if what he says wasn't so kind of so much of it sort of like evil um he would actually be just like a legitimate funny 
guy because he's he's just sort of odd, you know. And there's something very 80s about him too. Like mm. he's very like you know I I don't know like there's just just something strange about him that I that I sort of like despite his his uh his 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 crazy uh crazy uh propaganda. How do you feel like the channel has evolved since you first started it? Oh, I'm gonna answer that after you do because I know the old videos. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm 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 interested to know. I don't know. Most of it is just kind of stuff that um that uh, you know goes on behind the scenes like um i don't know if you just you guys probably know this but if you if you do something every day or whatever you just start to kind of entertain you you try to entertain yourself or you try to talk about stuff that you're actually interested in i think that's the only thing i've i've you know put more of my own personality into it and i'm i'm just like trying to make myself laugh more because I know I got to keep doing this every day. That's that's pretty much the only thing I've noticed. Yeah. So if, if from from my perspective, it it looks like uh, you you've loosened up more on camera, which I think happens to everybody as you've been on camera. Yeah, a you long get more time. comfortable. You go watch my first videos in like 2008 or 2012 when I started doing it full time, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think Republicans are really bad. <laughs> like that's you know that's what I was doing for years talking to myself. But yeah, like, so you've loosened up on camera for sure. And then the other thing is, I feel like you've tightened up the editing more where, like, you know, which things have a lot of comedic value and where you can put them the in. And of it. Yeah, the time, your timing has gotten better. I feel like that happens to everybody who's like, so I would consider you both political commentator and a comedian. And I feel like comedians, the more they do it, the more they can tighten up their timing and get all that stuff right. And so I feel like it's definitely yeah. evolved in a good way. You, I feel like for the older videos I watch, sometimes you would be more leaning a little more on the political commentary side of things where like you might do like crystal and i do where you'll go on a rant for like two minutes or something and then cut to something else but now you've like tightened everything up into like a, a pristine package that everybody can laugh their ass off for 15 minutes straight all right well speaking of you know this kind of like what videos you know uh video approaches and all this stuff i gotta say i love your guy not to blow smoke but i love your guys in the car cameras there's just something, you know. I don't know why people uh, like that. People like love it. They do. Yeah. People like yeah, that. Tell, I don't tell know us you know what? what is it you respond to? Yeah, why do you this? like it? I think it, it, it captures the feeling of um, like being on a road trip or something like that. I don't know what, or maybe it's just the sort of, uh, you know, kind of parasocial, like, oh, look, we're, we're, we're buds. We're hanging out kind of thing. <laughs> but the, and there's something sweet about it. It's like, hey, the, you know, they're hanging out, they're having a good time, and they're making a video. I, I, don't, I don't know, but it's it's nice. It's like refreshing in a way. You know what I mean? I, I, I could like I couldn't imagine like I don't know who like whatever CNN um, anchor or whatever like doing doing a video where you're you know you feel uh, comfortable you know hanging out with them in a car you know. Yeah, there was actually, um, so I love that, it. Yeah, keep, remember that SNL sketch that they did of like Hillary trying to do her announcement video by selfie on a cell phone? I've watched SNL three times and died every <laughs> I <think> time. <laughs> I will never watch it. <laughs> that that particular sketch is actually pretty I, I funny. Didn't see but it, no. yeah, I think I guess people just yeah like feeling like first of all, I think. I think they like that we are exactly off camera like they expect, which is that even when we're not doing this, we're like talking about whatever is going on, you know, healthcare or 
labor organizing or the election in Italy or whatever's happening. It seems to me like people respond to that as well. Like, you know, imagining that we're there on the weekend because we are just talking about the same stuff that we are obsessed those with. Are more, about on our those show. are more fun too. Like my yeah. favorite video recently was the when we did the live show in Atlanta. And yeah. I recorded everything behind the scenes. Yeah. Because you go back and you watch that, and it's 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 fun to watch that because you feel like you're there again going through everything that happened behind the scenes. And so, yeah, I think I, I enjoyed that one. It didn't do as, that well in terms of views, but it was I, I didn't matter. I, was, I thought it was fun to do that. Yeah. Splice it together. Yeah. Well, please don't change the content to get views, you know, that kind of the in the car. Don't like, you know, don't start faking uh, fights or like <laughs> car crashes or whatever to get views. Keep it, keep it real. It's, well, it's, you know, it's, it's cool. People were, remember one of the first ones we did, I was like reading a tweet, had a vape in one hand and I was driving Yeah. and everybody was like, that is so <laughs> dangerous. Stop it. <laughs> they were like, if you were doing one of those things, fine, but you were doing like three at once. And that's just like, that's not, don't do You're that. Like, Crystal is right there. She can read the tweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew I that watched some comment. of those and I was like, I know someone's gonna say that to him with that, you know, like yeah. with a lot of watching someone said that. <laughs> These people are ready to police, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. they care about Fine. our health. That's that's nice. Yeah, it's a beautiful that's, that's, sentiment. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right, Absolutely. dude. Well, this 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 was awesome talking to you. So again, I just want to plug your channel for everybody. I'm a I'm an avid watcher of RM Brown's YouTube channel. It's RM Space B R O W N RM Brown. It's really, it's comedic, it's funny, it's, it's insight, in, insightful, it's, it's great. So everybody check that out and tell everybody where they could find you on Twitter. I struggled to find you on Twitter the first time I looked for you, by the way. Oh, really? Because I just typed I in RM Brown and he didn't come up. And then like somebody, I, the way I found you was I was reading under uh, some, some other random tweet and somebody tagged you to look at the thing. And it, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, is that, I was looking, I couldn't find RM Brown. And then I found him and that's how I was able to find you. But yeah, it was hard to find you. So tell everybody where they could find you. And also Patreon. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bad at Twitter, but it's. I think the Twitter handle is XRMBrownX2. So, you know, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah. And then, yeah, the, the, um, if you want to become a patron, there's extra videos back there. And, you know, it's, it's like $2 a month is the, is the, the minimum. So, but, uh, but if you can't afford it, don't worry about it. You know, all that. And, um, yeah, no, it's awesome. I, and I, I don't want to say I really have appreciated what you guys do. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have people like you, like making these things understandable and, you know, it really has helped, helped help me and, you know, a lot of people like me. So I appreciate yeah. you guys. Well, look, uh, just keep it up because, um, one of the things I could tell you for sure, you said you started your channel in 2020. If he had started when I started in 2012, oh, yeah. you'd already be colossal. You'd be yeah. way bigger than me. No, I'm serious. Way because that that is your stuff is hilarious. So anyway, uh, everybody check out Arn Brown. Thanks so much for joining us, dude. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's our pleasure. All right, so that was RM Brown. Um, what'd you think? Fun to talk to him. Yeah, I know. I've, I've probably watched more of his stuff than you have. I think, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know who he was. You introduced him to me. I, I've been watching some of his clips though, and he's oh, you watched more than when you weren't with me. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was watching. I actually really liked um, this one he just did on like uh, the the traditional family. The family values one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's because, his most recent. Yeah, I mean, I just he 
pulls apart some, you know, some of the conservative nonsense. He pokes fun at it a way that makes it makes you realize just like intuitively how ridiculous some of it is. That's he what also, he's good at. He's good at that. You know what? He also did a great video on we covered this a lot at the time when uh, when President Brandon gave his dark Brandon speech with the red lighting in the background. Oh, the like, meltdown of like conservatives. Yeah. Oh my God, this yeah. is you declared literal war and all but this like, nonsense. He was the only one along with us saying like, why the fuck are all why these people, that? like what's wrong with people? Right, yeah. because everyone else, there was a lot on the, especially like liberal to left liberal spectrum that were like, oh, this is a seminal moment and like acting like this was also a big deal. And I was just like, this seemed like just kind of an ordinary speech with some sort of oh, lighting. Oh, deep. Yeah. OD normal. I mean, he literally said, they were saying, oh my God, you're attacking 50% of the country. And you listen to what he says, he's like, I'm not saying it's even half of Republicans. Yeah, and also, I don't know, I just... I, I got sort of excited seeing the big reaction online before I watched it. And then I watched it, and I was like, this is just like a standard <laughs> political speech. So, wait, I got a funny story for you. When we yeah. were watching it, so we, we were listening to it in the car. This may have been when we went to the, to the um, tennis match, the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah, that's match. right. That is okay. Whatever. So we're listening to it in the car and Crystal goes, oh, he sounds really like lively. He sounds good. I was like, Crystal, he's on double speed. <laughs> and then you you were insistent though, like, no, I think even if we, if I turn it, it, it he sounds like he's, he's into he's it. With it. I was like, put it on normal speed. <laughs> we uh, put it on normal speed. You were like, oh, uh, he's like, and the Republican party. <laughs> <laughs> Like it was yeah, classic. I, it's bad. I mean, I wish I wish you could just permanently, like internally, turn him up to at least one point two five. On one point two five, he sounds good. Sounds like, like yeah. Normal, he's like, oh like, shit, he's a normal ass president. He's little, with it. Little pep in his little step. Pep. Mm-hmm. On normal speed, he's like, where's Jackie? Is Jackie here? Uh, oh, that oh, was so bad. Uh, I don't think she's here. <laughs> like, oh, she's not there, bro. <laughs> she's not anywhere. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, and then we were watching that together too, like the attempt to clean that up oh, the White House. Yeah, the White House uh, press secretary. Yes. Well, she was on his mind. Because she was, she she cares so much. She was top of mind. I I already answered your question that Jackie was top of mind. He's going to see her family. It's like, just admit, like, was so obvious. I know. Yeah, I know. Was so obvious, and you know, by doing that, they prolong the story. Because then, of course, the media has got to keep, like, pushing her. Like, are you sure? He didn't really knew she was alive. If you just, like, admit that there was a fuck up. That's it. Bro, he's old and he forgot. That's what happened. He was sad when she died, but he's old, so he forgot. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, listen. Because Fox News is going to attack you anyway. Might as well be honest about it. So at least then you could allow other people to be like, well, he was honest. He, you know, he well, messed up. And by her trying to do this weird, awkward, like totally non-believable cover-up, it makes it a longer story. But anyway, yeah. this is all straying far from the point of he did a great job making fun of everyone who was like melt, totally melting yeah, down nah, over funny. this speech that was really completely standard fare with a little bit of like, you know, red lighting yeah. to go with it. No, nah, he's funny. He up. makes me laugh. He reminds me of like the way me and my friends in, like, high school would fuck around. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how young boys have, like, a really stupid sense of humor and <laughs> all you gotta do is, like, you know those machines that, like, distort your voice to sound, like, yeah. really deep or whatever? Yeah. Or really fast and high? Yeah. He uses those sorts of sound, and I gets me every time. When I showed you a video, one of his videos the other night, I'm sitting there and I'm, like, laughing my ass off and you're sort of just watching it, like, okay? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Look, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen. I don't know why you're not laughing more. What's wrong with you? You and my nine-year-old son have a very similar, like... That Listen, that boy's a genius, all right? He's a genius. He's a genius. Out of his time. 
He's ahead of his time. Like, he'll copy some of the jokes I make. Yeah, it's hilarious. I make these tone jokes to Crystal. Like, I'll mess around and be like, better watch that tone or whatever. And I'll slip it in at the most random times. And now he started doing that to me. <laughs> he always nails it. He does. Comedic yeah. genius there. Indeed. At least in Kyle Kalinske's mind. Indeed, he is. <laughs> anyway, all right, guys. We love you. Everybody, uh, go uh, check us out on Substack. Help us out on Substack. If you're not already, $5 a month gets you the video of all the shows, and it gets it to you a day early. You also get all of our newsletters and stuff. It's fun. Uh, thank you to everybody who already is signed up on Substack. We love you to death. Everybody else, please consider it. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Much love.